Hello and welcome to another week of the Politibabble podcast, where this time we do actually have a guest for once. Uh, I'm Archibald Elliott, and as usual, I'm joined by my wonderful co-host, Oliver Sykes, and Mika Chen. So yes, we're back for another week, but this time to talk about, is uh, the minimum wage... Flawed. Flawed. That was it. Yes. I couldn't see the question yeah, anywhere yeah. on our agenda doc. But first, as we always do with the guests, we do have to ask you a question, and I'm not sure if we've pre-warned you of this one. But, you know, <laughs> we uh, we're going full journalistic spirit here and not warning you of it. If you were a cake, Mika, what cake would you be? Well, you definitely didn't uh, preempt this one, did you, Ollie? No, no. no should I've, I've not been good on my briefs recently. <laughs> um, if I was a cake, what cake would I be? Mm. Just any cake. Yeah, yeah, any cake. So my best friend, Denny, who actually sits in front of Ollie in politics, yeah. her dad is a chef, and every year for her birthday, he makes this two-tiered Oreo chocolate cake, um, homemade, and every year we all, count, we all count down to her birthday just to have this cake, so I'm going to say that I'd be Denny's dad's Oreo cake. Very good, very good. We like the... Yes. Uh, I, I'm a fan of Oreo. They are uh, vegan as well, Oreos. Are um, they? Didn't they? Yeah. Are they vegan? Really? Yeah, they're vegan. Yeah, yeah. Vegan sausage yeah. roll. Yeah. Um, I have no idea. Yes. So, but obviously the cake might not be vegan, but uh, very interesting. Yes. Yeah, so, uh, welcome to the podcast, Mika. It's very good, great to have you here. Um, we are kicking off 2022 with our first ever guest. Um, Mika is a student uh, at one of the island's high schools uh, and. You do politics and economics. Yeah, isn't it? I do. Yeah, so yeah. Uh, fairly knowledgeable on on uh, what we're talking about today, and you have a quite a good interest in yeah, I do, yeah. in this topic. So, um, what are your thoughts on on the minimum wage uh, to start off with? Do do you believe it's? For, I, th- I think that's where we will start with is your thoughts on it initially, and we'll come back to it towards the end. Um, I think there's. I think I see both sides to it. There's a lot of pros and a lot of cons to the minimum wage and it's not really um from an economics perspective it's really not a black and white thing where you can kind of preempt what consequences um an increase or decrease in the minimum wage will have so it's a really difficult one to to pin down because it's not uh, it's not a case of what you believe Mm. in terms of um on your political orientation it's more so different circumstances can have completely different effects when yeah. it comes to minimum wage. I mean, here on the islands, they're hoping to increase the minimum wages in April. I mean, they're still undecided on it. It's proposed, I'm pretty sure. Um, and looking at it earlier, I mean, for someone of our age, uh, it looks quite good, really, for especially young people. Um, I mean, but this is probably to conform with the with the um, inflation that we're currently experiencing. But is it necessarily good? Because if we're looking at it, most of the young people who are employed are employed by small to medium-sized businesses, probably, uh, along the spectrum. And those are more likely to think, well, I'm now going to have to pay the youth, if the, if the youth is, mm. for example, raised in line with the adult wage. We now would have to pay the youth the same as an adult worker, when the adult worker might have generally could have more experiences. And again, do we want to employ so many youth? Is it going to harm, possibly, youth employment? Because... They cost more to employ for a job that, you know, do we need so many? That's a that's a good point and that's one of the many kind of economic um, perspectives on this is that it does create mass unemployment. Um, neoclassical economists tend to believe this a bit more, more so, but um, it's 
it's a, it is again it's a tricky one because if you think about it um like you said to adjust the wages for inflation for example mm-hmm. seems like a good idea in the short run so if you're talking about short run aggregate supply and you're talking about short run economic growth it would seem like the best thing to do is to increase it um so obviously nominal wages increase so they're adjusted for inflation and the pri- as the prices rise so do wages but many people would argue that by increasing minimum wage you actually increase the price level so it's kind of like where do you draw the point where do you draw the line where's the point where you say Mm. that's enough of an increase we kind of have to take a long run stance on this and wait for the inflation rates to come down a bit to match the minimum wage because the more you increase the minimum wage the more the price level is going to go up and the more the Mm. equilibrium price of the aggregate kind of the aggregate market is the macro economy is going to go up so it's it's a it's a hit and miss, really. I, I don't think anyone can really argue with that point. Um, but in terms of sort of the Isle of Man, I like to put it in perspective here because... Oliver loves to, to, to go for, for small scale. Uh, yeah, of course I do. Um, it's good it's, to bring it home. It's Well, it's where we are, you know, and we can, you know... Um, yeah, I'll anyway. be really here, though. I'll pose that philosophical question in another debate. Yes, yeah. it, it may be a mm. f- philosophical podcast, perhaps. Mm. Maybe next week's um, episode. Um, but... In terms of sort of people on the poverty line, um, the minimum wage increase is, you know, it's sort of something that they are looking for, something that they want um, to, to bring them above sort of the the poverty that they might be experiencing. But will it bring them above the poverty? As, as well, Mika, as Mika said, with, if you look at inflation rising, inflation is has contributions from minimum wage. We see, I think, the, the chief of the Bank of England, the head of the Bank of England, he's, he was speaking about maybe those at the top earnings not maybe asking for such large pay rises above inflation and with inflation levels because it will just drive, again, the price of goods up because people need to afford more. It's, it's almost that won't help bring inflation under control. I don't know if that's the best measure. The measure which we have currently is because we're seeing energy prices rise, not necessarily, again, it's a form of inflation, but it is rising because we have crises abroad. If we're looking at it, maybe the government could be better suited, again, not something I would necessarily call for, to do what Rishi Sunak is doing, is providing economic support to kind of keep the wages at the same rate they are, so not put extra pressure on businesses, but provide support where it's needed. It is. It's a good... It's a good point that, but it also does depend on kind of your economic perspective. So mm. kind of in terms of Keynesian economics, um, they believe that obviously in sticky prices, so the inflation won't go down. It depends if you believe in the price mechanism, essentially, and if you're kind of more if it, kind of more aligned with Adam Smith and your views or not, mm. because um, it's like... Well, do I'm certainly not a fan of Keynes. <laughs> do you think that, that the price mechanism is going to bring them down regardless, or some economists believe that it, government intervention is needed to bring the price levels down and to restore the market to its equilibrium price. It's it depends honestly what you believe, but as well, um, if you kind of abolish the minimum wage, I think in America it it was only introduced in nineteen thirty three mm-hmm. by Roosevelt, um, and since then there there have been various increases. I think Obama tried to increase it, but it didn't get through the Senate. Um, Trump didn't increase it in his terms but it has increased in america over the years and you still see the there is a mass increase in po- in the poverty percentage in terms of the american people as well 
But people don't necessarily, some some do, but on the whole, in lots of entry-level jobs use the minimum wage, get people in to give them experience, and then they move relatively quickly in the majority into jobs which pay above the minimum wage, and, and depending on what sector we go into. But I do think, going back to your part, point about the market, I think the market will control, in honestly, it's, 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 it's price and the wage it pays for, for labour. With government control, the government's very much saying this is the price we're putting on labour and it's never going to go down. We're never going to, we're, we're always going to see this increase in inflation. We're never going to see getting rid of inflation. We're always seeing going to cost, we, we see this in the media, oh, costs rising by ever how much, oh, this rising by however much. It's always going to rise because we're, the government's saying we're going to put it in here and it will rise the minimum wage because people want to close to living wage. But as the living wage goes up, as the minimum wage goes up, the living wage goes up because everything gets more expensive because of inflation. Yeah. So we're never going to really get rid of this problem. And companies, if they can put, again, they, if the worker will work for them, they, they need to put a competitive wage out to the market. Ford did something quite interesting, I think, in, well, this is again, going back to very early on in America. He uh, paid double the market rate for his workers. Yeah. Uh, he paid double the market rate. And I think that has some benefits because... If the company itself wants to attract the best worker to provide the best products, to then provide them with the best output and best service, they want to attract that best person working. So they'll pay the top dollar for it. So I think this idea that the government needs to mandate a minimum wage is almost anti this idea of business because business will then just pay... Well, the, the business which would pay the least would still pay the least and the government businesses which would pay double would still pay double. So it, I think it doesn't really benefit us in the long run and again companies if Ford wants to go and increase his output increases uh, very good product then his rival of like General Motors might want to do the same and they want to increase their products uh, uh, increase their capability and production line and their standards so then they'll almost compete and yes there'll be an equilibrium reached where eventually they won't want to spend any more because they're not going to say I'm paying it's not going to turn into a bidding war they'll say I pay two dollar I'll pay three dollar I'll pay four I'll pay five because there'll be a cap reached obviously where the product will be outrun by its cost to produce I mean, going back on an earlier point about sort of the uh, abolishing the minimum wage, I mean, surely that would see sort of the exploitation of workers um, and surely big corporations. I mean, a lot of big corporations pay reasonably well. I mean, over here we see the likes of uh, McDonald's, Boots, uh, M&S. They pay, they pay reasonably well. And for people of our age, they get paid exceptionally well. Nowhere near the minimum wage at all. They're several pounds higher than that. Yeah, see, um, but you say that, but um, albeit the government are proposing to increase the minimum wage, inflation on the Isle of Man this year is what figure? I uh, think it's something per- like, yeah. yeah so it's currally just sitting at about just under 6%. Is it's, it? It's, yeah, it depends so, which index. Yeah, well, yeah, 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 of course, but the average. Yeah, yeah but it's, it's, it's ridiculously high. And um, if. If you think about people, people will always want their, they will never stand for their real wages to inc- to decrease. So mm. the level of minimum wage to decrease, I don't think that would ever fly. But no. say the government are increasing the minimum wage by a pound, but it could still mean that people's nominal wages are going down because the inflation rate is so high that even though the minimum wage mm. has been adjusted or, or it has gone up it might still not be at the level that it's been adjusted for inflation so people's actual like nominal wages might actually be decreasing 
Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Regardless of if the minimum wage has been higher than... Then there's the issue of you need to protect your kind of your minimum wage entry level workers because the people who are kind of in the higher paying jobs aren't going to be really affected by the inflation nearly as much as the lower paid workers yeah. are going to be. So but um, that, that's, that's again a problem posed because we have the big corporations as Oliver's mentioned, you mentioned, which again will pay more than your smaller businesses and they can afford to pay more because they have greater profits, they have greater revenue and they can put that expenditure out. We see Amazon in the States, they lobby actually, they, they, ha- they say they're happy with more regulation, they want the regulation because, why? you think why? Why would a company want regulation? Well, see, because it puts their competitors out of business. Exactly, it makes if you're, you, you can think more. either... Well, maybe you say they're mm. advocating for this. I think they, they have a minimum wage of $15 in the US mm. or something. Yeah. They have their own implemented minimum wage within the company. Um, so if they are kind of advocate, they're advocates for like a federal minimum wage, I think, if, mm. I'm, if I'm correct, I think so. Yes. Um, but you, one can kind of say, uh, from a cynical, more cynical perspective, is it perhaps because it puts them at an advantage because Amazon as such a large corporation have the mm. the revenue to be able to deal with that increase in minimum wage and it does put their competitors potentially at out of business or low business but another another thing as well with minimum wages um it could d- could it put younger workers like you said and more unexperienced workers at risk but also the the actual if you think about minimum wage jobs right a lot of people who work in minimum wage do- jobs are teenagers, people our age, right? Mm-hmm. So, and they will inevitably still be receiving, well, most of the time will still be receiving funding from their family, will yeah. not yet yeah, be yeah, yeah. financially not always, sufficient. Yeah. Not always, but in most cases, on the island anyway. So if you think about the proportion of young people in minimum wage jobs as opposed to kind of self-sufficient, financially independent people, adults you can maybe see that this increase in minimum wage could actually flow up the income income scale yeah so although yeah it's it's increasing the minimum wage for for people if if it's say going to me then it then benefits my family or potentially your family or somebody somebody could have a son in a job who gets a pay increase but their dad could be earning five times the amount that the business owner is actually earning so you could you could argue that it yeah, it's a good increase for the minimum wage workers, but it does flow up higher up into the higher income. Mm. But will but will, will will it necessarily if you're looking at young people will it necessarily do that? Because if we're looking at maybe bigger corporations can afford to pay more, but lots of your smaller scale shops, lots of your smaller scale cafes, they can't necessarily or businesses they can't necessarily afford that giant increase in minimum wage because again. The price of goods are rising. The price of costs, everything is rising. So is that minimum wage? It will just hit them more. It will hit their, their their economy more. So they're more likely to go and say, "Well, you're a student." If they're looking at it from because small businesses maybe work in a more, uh, it's not so cutthroat cut as big corporates where they're like, "Well, economically, it's more viable to keep you in you." There may be more, well, Susan here has to support a family, but Bob here is just a student. Well, if we let Susan go, we might see Susan's two children suffer. So we're more likely to keep Susan than we would keep Bob, because Bob could maybe, in air quotes, afford to be let go. So, again, Bob might not, but it, this, this method, I don't think, necessarily works for smaller businesses. So I suppose another 
point I could we could we could pose would be: Is it better to have different bands of minimum wage according to business income? Well, interesting. You've just hopped onto bands there. From an Isle of Man point of view, uh, Laurie Hooper has uh, recently just uh, given his view on on the matter, and he said that um, that uh, they were inappropriate. These bands. And that the assumption that age equates to experience was fundamentally flawed. An employee that has been with uh, with you for two years, aged 16 to 17, clearly has more experience than a brand new employee aged 18. And I completely agree with him. Uh, but but what happens if that new employee aged 18, because if you look at the stats, that new employee might just be newly employed by the business, has another two years of experience from 17 to 18 working in another business? But I, I think valuable. what he's talking about there is is someone that hasn't had that experience. But then that company might they might just choose to hire the sixteen year old to seventeen year old who's had two years experience. Yeah, I, I don't. It, it's, it's, but they, they so, could choose to pay them more. So it's a company. So someone that's sixteen, seventeen has been mm. working for this company for two years. This eighteen year old hops in, um, who has probably a lot less responsibilities than this 16 70 year old because they're not as experienced so they're probably not as but what what, what what job are we in in this example okay let's about? talk about um let's talk about a waiter so mm-hmm. um for example this 16 17 year old is um i don't know he's assistant um assistant to the head waiter or whatever yeah. at this local bar and restaurant or he could be an assistant bartender or whatever or he's on the cashier, for mm-hmm. example. Cashier, he's probably got a lot. He needs to probably have a lot more responsibility. Then this eighteen-year-old hops in. They've had no experience whatsoever, and they're going to be getting paid the minimum wage for their age. Yep. Is it right that this eighteen-year-old that's got no experience isn't so he's not good, at, not great at his job? He's starting off. How do you know he's not great at his job? Well, well no. So he, had... this isn't a hypothetical situation, and this is a very real situation. So, 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 so he's saying he's not great at his job. That's yeah, because he's brand new. He's, he he's, hasn't had the experience. We're, we're, and yeah. we're working yeah, for a yeah. top class restaurant here. You know, we're talking. <laughs> Michelin <for> star. <laughs> you know, we're talking about somewhere yeah. where the service. This person's not very good at customer service skills. I don't know how. I think got... one, of, one of those restaurants. I'm pretty sure that the person 16 to 17, if they're in assistant manager or assistant to head, assistant head waiters, you put in your caveat just there. Just the weekends. <laughs> that they will be paid. No, no, but that's the thing. Fair. That's the whole thing. It this is a very real situation because I actually have worked in several jobs over the years, and this is very real. Where a fully trained sixteen, seventeen-year-old will be getting paid less than somebody who's just starting off who is eighteen or above. So the the kind of the highest pay that you can achieve as a sixteen or seventeen year old is still less than the entry level for mm. an eighteen plus year old. And the question he's asking, do you, is that right? Is it not right? And Laurie is suggesting that a lot of sixteen, seventeen year olds in their job are sometimes a lot more hardworking than that eighteen year old. Because uh, you know, uh, sometimes the, the you know, especially with them being on the the minimum wage, they want to show their boss, look what I'm capable of. I should be up there. But is, is that a case of age discrimination, would you say? I'm posing a question back to you. Well, it's minimum you. wage. It's That's just how the minimum wage is. Well, perhaps that's how the bands are. And, um, you know, I, I, I'm not too too much of a fan. I mean, that's, you know, the I'm not, thing not really going right. to comment much more on yeah, that. The reason that I completely agree with you on that point, actually, I don't think that that's the way it should be. But the reason that the minimum wage is lower for under 18 year olds is because otherwise if 
everyone was paid the same, none of them would be getting hired. Do you know what yeah. I mean? The reason is to create demand for yeah. for these. And I suppose they don't want under I suppose olds. they don't want if I suppose they don't want everyone in jobs, do they? Really. They don't want all the youth in, in jobs, do they, I suppose? Well, a bit, a bit controversial. Bit, well, but, but, I'm just saying. Even though, I, I, I just, just put, put another question to you on this. So you're saying it's maybe to increase the amount of 16, 70 year olds getting hired and maybe get yeah. experience. So surely that's a benefit to having the bands lower, so you'd support the bands being lower mm. if it hires more 17 to 18 year olds. Yeah, or would you want less 17 or 18 year olds in, in work? I think that in terms of kind of, it's if you think about it, it's a little bit of a supply side kind of mm. subsidy, if you wanna if you wanna call it that, and to to have the minimum wage lower for kind of younger people, it does encourage businesses to to hire them. And we know in today's working world, it is very experience oriented mm. rather than kind of um, what acc- accolades you have to show. It is a lot more on experience, and it's be- evolving more so towards that direction. So. Um, but then there's a very fine line between kind of there's this side of it but then it's also if you look at some of these developing countries who have minimum wages very 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 much lower than kind of mm. i don't know the g7 economies f- per se we also um, have a lower cost of living so yeah. yeah yeah well i don't know it's it's a very it's, it's a lower a standard of, it, a of living a lot of it is proportionate isn't it yeah, yeah well it um, depends what country you point to i suppose so is it you know i suppose sort of is there anything further you you have to add? Well, I, but I, 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 another point. I, I have my, 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 okay. my, my point. You're going to get the last say, are you? I have my point on this. So we, I think we've, we've looked at it. I think it is, it is reasonable to say that would be unreasonable for a 16, 17-year-old who has more experience than an 18-year-old getting paid less. I'd say that that, that is that is the case there. I, I think that would be wrong. But if we turn it into, if we got rid of the minimum wage, that would get rid of the bans. That would get rid of this issue and be paying based on experience. You'd have a company and you'd hire the person with the most experience, surely. Because it's no incentive to hire 16 and 70 year olds versus an 18 year old. The company usually wants to hire the best person for a job. If you have a 25 year old who's done X, Y, Z amount of stuff versus a 45 year old, you don't say, I'll hire the 45 year old. Some, some workers may want to take on, uh, especially in sort of the hospitality mm. industry, you don't need to be that, you don't need to be qualified really at all. Apart from if you're going to be, I don't know. A, so they're more likely, I think, so they're more to take likely on. to take the minute the minimum wage workers, because no, uh, but let's say minimum wage didn't exist. Yeah, yeah. And you got so I'm 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 a hiring person. So I've got an 18 year old here with no experience. I've got a 16. I've got a, a set. No, no, it has to be the very. I've got a 19 year old here with no experience, and I've got a 17 year old here. Well, so 18 year old here with no experience, and a 17 year old, 17 and a half year old with a year and a half of experience working. I would surely, and you could pay both of them the same because there'd be no bans. You wouldn't have an incentive to hire the 17-year-old. You would surely go and pay the 17-and-a-half-year-old more money. The issue... Wouldn't okay, you? so It's a business. Yeah. You would, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But first off, it's like that 17-and-a-half-year-old, say they had no years of experience, you'd hire the 18-year-olds, and then how would the 17-and-a-half-year-old get the year and a half of experience if there's if you're paying everybody the same? Do you know what I'm saying? So which so which side would you fall on? Do you want to keep the bans? Well, or I, would you I get think rid of that, the bans? Listen, if you get rid of bans, that leaves a huge opportunity for employers to exploit their workers. And if you look at kind of, in terms of economic growth, minimum wage does actually, can actually also benefit economic growth because it provides that incentive for the workers to go out and work. For example, say why, so 
you have to incentivize people otherwise they kind of fall back on maybe the government welfare schemes or they'd prefer not to go out and work for 30p an hour if we remove these minimum wage brackets it's all well and good in terms of the supply and demand diagrams and looking at the economy as a whole but at the end of the day if you look at an individual person then that's a whole other story you can't you can't kind of convert people into statistics in this case I don't think because there are so many kind of wide varieties of influences on on economic growth that if you can't convert people into statistics in this case where do we go and look at the art I think it's an interesting point if we can't convert people into statistics this is for philosophical issue uh, on it can we convert people into statistics should we be looking just at the statistics but if we can't convert people with statistics how can then we look at either keeping the minimum wage? How can we justify keeping the minimum wage, getting rid of the minimum wage or anything on it? Because otherwise we're left with the issue where we can't deal on these by... by That means we couldn't necessarily in large policies. And I point to an interesting example, maybe a more extreme example of China's iron rice bowl, which it had under um, Mao, where people would get a guaranteed wage at their job and they didn't really have to work. It wasn't incentivized. But then we saw Deng go and scrap the iron roll bowl based policy they introduced maybe more incentivized working so you the harder you work basically the more you earned it was more target led in, in that sense and it then sped up their economic growth people were pulled out of poverty they didn't like at first having the iron rice bowl pulled away but it i argue that sort of thing if people shouldn't need the if they have the incentive to work hard they will work hard and they will usually go far and in most cases it does work but again, I come back to can we, should we, how do we manage if we can't convert people into statistics? I don't think that we should abolish the minimum wage. I don't think that abolishing it would do any good to our kind of economy or our society at all. Um, first of all, can you imagine the uproar, the social uproar that would come with abolishing a minimum wage? Mm-hmm. Um, but I just there was social uproar with saying that the road was round, not flat. Is it a bad thing to do? <laughs> no, I mean that's a whole other again. But is, is a bad is a bad thing to like convert people into statistics to deal with economics or maybe have social change because it, it, are these necessarily bad things to implement? Is that what should restrict us from doing a policy that's right? I don't. That's a that's another good point you you pose. But at the end of the day, um, I think there is a way for the government to, if they wanted to kind of keep the minimum wage at its, at its minimum, essentially, that they could just allow it to stay where it is and allow inflation to go up and not adjust it at all. So if inflation goes up by 5%, minimum wage stays the same, that's 5% less of nominal wages that people are receiving. So, um, But at the same time, I really, I really think that this whole exploitation of workers thing is a really overreaching point because... Can you imagine the amount of employers that are going to pay kind of people 30p an hour, 2p an hour for, for such hard yeah. work? And eventually people aren't going to want to work and we're going to have a shortage of labour. Um, You've got to set a benchmark. But then, but then, You've yeah. got but, to have incentives. It, 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 at some point, this is where again, it comes into which side of the, the economic sphere you sit on. Because I argue the market would pick that up. Because the market would say, well, if people aren't wanting to work for 30p, well, someone out there will... Actually, there, there are people who would work for X, Y, Z amount. But there's mm. other people who say, well, we'll put your job. We'll pick... The, the offers will go up. And I think the market will balance Very itself out. We just, we just, yeah, but we just don't... We don't we do, <laughs> the thing is, we're too... Almost... We, we, we look... We focus too much on making everyone happy or how they think they should be happy. Because we're not... 
necessarily we're almost societally told this is how it should be, this is how it is, this is how it will be, and this is how things are kept as they are. But no one really there, we should question these things and say, is it really the right policy? And I can't see the arguments you've put forward. Uh, we've, we've looked at maybe the the banding gaps of minimum wage, and mm. I'm persuaded by your argument that banding gaps aren't right. But then if we remove the banding gaps, we face the other issue that maybe 16 to 17s won't be hired. So then we get rid of that issue. So that almost the, that issue is either... It's bad to have it, but it's also bad to get rid of it. Um, and I suppose yeah. it's that sort of factor in life that mm. 16, 17 year olds can't just uh, expect to go uh, to experience high pay. Yeah, you know, you you've have, got to, work, to, you have to work from you somewhere. To work yeah. from somewhere. You have to somehow be at a lower wage. Um, yeah, so I, I think it's now a good time to conclude. We've had quite a, a lengthy discussion. Have we? On this debate, <laughs> oh, I have one more. But I have one you more. Another point. Yeah, another point. But even if we look, <laughs> even if we look at inflation with cost cost of living necessarily uh, to look at, if we look at maybe 1959, and this is again a US example of the cost of living with cost of appliances. The things we need to remember: the cost of lots of things has actually gone down because they've gone more mass market with stuff. And before, in 19, uh, 1959, this is comparing to 2013, so slightly out, out of date, but it's an interesting example. We have a high sort of appliances of a washing machine, a clothes, well, a tumble dryer in our case, a dishwasher, a refrigerator, a freezer, a, st- a, well, a hob, a coffee pot, a blender, a toaster, a vacuum cleaner, a colour TV. That all comes up to 1,851 at that wheelchair price. And you, to get it, you'd have to work at the minimum wage about 885 hours. In modern terms, it would come to a total of 3,289, which may seem like more increase at first. But to get the same goods to work at the same cost, you would need to, I think this is working on medium wage, you'd need to actually only uh, work 170.4 hours. So, again, it's, uh, minimum wage, we say, this hasn't risen with inflation, how we're worse off than we were. But the, 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 the studies show, I think we actually see... We're more beneficial in certain ways. And yes, we do spend more on certain things. As as the person with the, uh, about housing, I think said, well, if they stopped, didn't if we didn't have a Netflix subscription, we stopped eating the avocado toast to be able to afford a house, which is literally ridiculous because <laughs> it doesn't actually cost that much uh, to have avocado and toast, not ne- and Netflix, not housing. Uh, but if we're looking even at examples where maybe we are better, I I, I can't see the arguments again for keeping the minimum wage in lines with inflation with all of this. Because, or even with bans, I, I don't see the argument. I think it is heavily flawed as a minimum wage. Those are a question. Mm. Not necessarily should we abolish it, your but it exam- needs to be looked at. So your example there, it's all relative to standard of living though, isn't it? Um, it's all very well and good to say that, yeah, you work less hours compared to 1959, but, but standard of living relative- is much higher than in 1959, you could argue. Relative poverty is lower. Absolute so, yeah, so why would you Yeah, so why would you not want to continue to... In kind of increase the standard of living, decrease the level of poverty. Well, that, that's done with technological advances. Mm, is it, it is, it is, it is. Because if you think about it, when the car, let's say motor car, when the motor car first came out, it was so unachievable to the general populace because it cost such a ridiculous amount, it wasn't achievable. Now, it's much more accessible. Even It's smartphone, for example, the laptop, the computer, all of these have gone down because the market has played its role. And the market has said... Well, look, we can produce more of these. We can make more of these, and the price goes down. I think the market ultimately does a better job at controlling than government because the market 
tries, we, the government tries to predict what the market would do and what things will happen and the trends which happen. And the market isn't necessarily that predictable item. We see in the case of Hong Kong with, uh, it's not Copperway, I've forgotten the name of the financial secretary in the 60s. And he very much stood off the statistics, stood off, said we're not measuring our GDP capacity, our gross national income. We're not adding this government regulation. And we're not having all of this all of these regulation companies. And it grew astronomically. We, the poverty lines massively decreased. The companies uh, grew. It became a world financial hub and really a place to think, imagine, it's almost like market, it is market capitalism because he slept with a copy of Adam Smith under his <laughs> pillow. And it, uh, that's apparently what he did. So it is almost uh, this idea, if we do follow Smith's economics, we do lead to prosperity. And that's an example which has been done and is tangible. It's not just a yeah, hypothetical. It's, it's the Hayek versus Keynes uh, argument, isn't it? It is. But, yeah, it is. yeah, of um, course. It's another question you pose there is where do you reach your point of diminishing marginal utility? Mm. Where does that come and will will it come in? And then another one is the CPI, the Consumer mm. Price Index, can be massively um, manipulated de- mm. depending on the basket of goods used within it. So yeah. it's kind of like it, it really depends because... Obviously, it's a weighted basket of goods, um, usually fuel, housing, essentials such as clothes and food. You can weight them differently. If if fuel is massively inflating, as we mm. know it currently is, um, you can take that out of the CPI and inflation rates are suddenly very much lower. So there's a, that's a whole other thing that could come into play in terms of kind of fluctuating minimum wages is... I think the, the statistics, I think, are actually the issue as well. Because think? we're focused too much... Oh. Inflation's done this, this has done this, this has done this. But with the guiding policies are being too much influenced. It's almost, the government has one policy, it thinks it will work. Maybe it will work in five years, but the inflation does this. And inflation is, I'm waving my hands here, <laughs> the inflation doesn't follow what the government thought it is. So it adjusts its policy to a different thing, which then might work, but they keep on adjusting it so much, we never actually have time to see if policies do work. Because they're not left for long enough to kind of uh, mature it's almost like you have a you have some port and you put it in a barrel and then five years later you drink it and in ten years maybe it's better because it's more flavour you prefer a stronger port we are taking it out two seconds after it's gone what's the point what's the so point you're, of it you're here articulating a very neoclassical Thatcherite kind of vision of economics uh, possibly I am I, yes. I think so I, I am and, a Thatcherite so yeah, yeah well and I honestly that the, the that is a good that is a good point. I think that the the price mechanism will definitely work and I think in the pandemic, especially in the wake of the pandemic, I do agree that government policy has been kind of very up and down. Can fit you flop, fit floppy, Yeah, can you blame them? But at the same time um it's like govern the market fails, the market does fail and even kind of Smith recognised that market failure does occur in the in the form of public goods, in the well, form it, of demerit goods. Occurs, yes. Yeah, so you do need some level of government intervention. The question is, would we class exploitation of workers as market failure? Because I personally would class that as market failure. If you look at all these developing countries, I'd class that as market failure and I'd argue that there is a need there for government intervention then the the next question we pose because I personally don't believe in abolishing it completely at all. Well, is it flawed? Think, is the question? Is it flawed? <laughs> As in, that's a very broad question, though. It's yes. a very kind of open-ended question. What what about it is flawed? Mm. Um, I think that 
it potentially does need to be adjusted in terms of nominal versus real wages, and it does need to ad- so be does it need to increase maybe? according to fluctuating inflation. If inflation is this high, but then again, the statistics can be manipulated. The CPI again, not mm. even manipulated. That's just the nature of the CPI. The basket of goods changes. Year well, it's on it's year. possible to really have a consistent approach to it. And again, you point to uh, exploitation of workers in the market, maybe doing that. But if we look at countries which are dictatorships, which are heavy government intervention, because government controls everything, maybe like the Soviet Union, we see China, originally as it was, now it's become more uh, capitalist, you know, almost a new form of capitalism, state capitalism. And then we see maybe North Korea as another example. We can, we can almost choose any, any state control. And generally, they exploit their workers more I think mm. I think the argument. workers are less off worse off and the market has lifted those out out of out of poverty would you say that that was the market that did that I don't think under under a command economy do you really think that the market is the one determining well, the no, when it's replaced by a market I think the market does a much better job than the government does at actually Giving people it gives the people the opportunity to thrive, and it stops us being controlled by the likes of the, the large corporations like Amazon saying, "Let's have more regulation here," or McDonald's saying, "Let's let's increase the minimum wage because we can afford to pay our workers more." But we know, but that the is other, the epitome of that's the epitome of the of kind of the very very extreme free market though. So what you're saying is that the in this command market, these workers are being exploited, and this free market this very extreme radical free market with no government intervention is lifting them out of it but then in the same breath you're saying that these large corporations are also exploiting their workers so if you look at both ends of the spectrum it kind of it's not really a spectrum it's more of a circle that comes back to the same point well of course it's a circle um but i think if we look at the market as a market as a whole we, we, i think it does a better job at stopping large corporations forming in a way, unless we obviously have the government controlling and they really limit large you corporations. You think the, market, they try to do. the free market stops large corporations from I, forming? I, I think it does a better job because really? it, it reduces regulation. And I think regulation has allowed companies which already exist and have power to continue because it's almost who gets in the right side of the regulation. Those who thrive under regulation do well and those who are harmed by it don't do well. And then the, the, usually companies which do well under it have stronger lobbying. And they almost persuading the politicians to go in. Yes, that's the right decision to go in, go and introduce this regulation. Well, I think <laughs> Oliver, <I> th- <laughs> Oliver, stopping any debate. Yes. Well, I, I think I think we have covered covered the, the subject very well. Um, He's fed up with economics. <laughs> oh. Perhaps uh, an economics week where I don't partake. No, would, you're would, a pivotal be, part of the debate. Would would be. Uh, well, we did have to cut Oliver's week. minimum wage to zilch. So. Yes. Mm-hmm. Well, you did. Um, I am not in favour of cutting it to zilch. Oh, sorry, no, we can't have cut his minimum wage to zilch because here at Police Bramble, the minimum wage doesn't exist. <laughs> yeah, yes, anyway. <laughs> For Oliver um, only. Shall we move on to our current affairs quickly of, of the week? Um, Archie, if that's okay? Yes, If you yes, could yes. Uh, play our... We didn't get any actual guests from our listeners this week, no. apart from being tagged in a congratulations, we won a free iPhone 13, <laughs> which I think we've actually learnt, earned a lot of iPhone 13s over the past few we weeks. We have, we have. So Oliver and I are rolling in with iPhone, or rather I am rolling in with iPhone 13s. Yes. Um, uh, and I'm obviously using Apple. Yes. You guys didn't prepare me for this section as well. What's this, current affairs? I should have really briefed you on yeah. I thought I thought you knew how the episodes work, Mika. You're not a I regular thought... listener. I am a, re- I'm a I listen religiously every <laughs> yes. single morning. So, Ollie, you already know. Yes. 
Yeah. If you don't listen to Pilitababble 24-7, what are you doing? Do write into us at pilitababble.gmail.com or on any of our social media uh, at Pilitababble. Or on paper to Manx Radio Broadcasting House. Oh, yes. House. Do, do send a letter. Would you like letters? Yes. Anyway, uh, if we could have the, the news theme, please, uh, Archie. Uh, jokes on you. It was already obviously playing. Oh, was it? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, storms have battered the island this week, uh, with Storm Franklin being the latest one, and I think another one to come later on in the week. I'm not sure. Something beginning with G, Geraldine or something? Mm. I'm not entirely sure. But anyway, um, the government has said that the economic recovery uh, lies firmly uh, resting on the shoulders of businesses now as they've cut uh, support um, to them uh, following post-COVID. Uh, Russian MHK says uh, Tim Wald should expect uh, consultation as he believes the Department of Infrastructure has gone against the will of Tim Wald, uh, and that's in regards to <laughs> Never does that. uh, the sea terminal. Uh, so just a quick uh, roundup of uh, this week's current affairs. You forgot um, with the huge potential for IOM in the medic- medicinal cannabis. Oh, yes, apparently. yeah. The Peel Group. Mm. Yes. Another uh, another current affair, the DOI's post regarding Storm Eunice. Oh yeah, so we're go- we're getting too many topics here. <laughs> I'm afraid it's gonna be. Uh, you can you can take your pick and filter out the most relevant ones. Well, we'll probably. I think we've um, we've picked the two relevant ones. So. Yeah. No, you can't do that. <laughs> we'll, we'll we'll take the weakest ones first handly. Uh, I think I think the comment was. I mean, it's probably hilarious. Not- it's brilliant. Mm. Like, was it not funny? You have to admit, it, it probably made you laugh. From from the Department of Infrastructure, did though? it make you laugh? Not not really. Not really. No. Interesting. For many people on social media, uh, I'm not made expressing. I'm not expressing my view here, um, being the diplomatic one for once, as well. As he always once, is. As always is. Yeah. Uh, but from the views that I've witnessed on social media, many people did find it funny. Um, and what was the joke, Oliver? It was. <laughs> Um, yeah, but what was the joke? What was the, the joke? joke uh, if, if people would like me to read it out, I can do. Um, Just so I can get a clip of it. It's quite hypocritical of oh, I'm um, not going to say it then. Of Jeff the Mongoose. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll say no, it. Well, listen, yeah. because this, this news outlet. Oh, I'm, hmm. I don't know if I'm. No, say it. No, no. Uh, say it. We are. Free, we are um, it's, it's an online platform. We can't be regulated. And we're it's independently I've produced. Said, I've already said the name yeah, of the. Too late. Yeah, of yeah. the uh, that media, media outlet. But the media outlet reposted the post. Yeah, I do. I do as well. But they reposted it without saying anything and then only put up their kind of take on it um, once backlash started flooding in. And so then they deleted their original did they? I didn't like, know that. Like the DOI did. Yeah, uh, yeah, well, well, who knows? Yeah, I mean, I'm they also, did brand it. I'm going to take your stance of diplomacy here and not comment on that one extensively, but... Oh, well, I, I, I'll, give a, I'll give a comment on it. Go on, I'll, I'll, read out the com- I'll read out the comment as well. Uh... I'm just getting to it because uh, Jeff Mongoose posts too much. Uh, let me find it. I think I posted it on my story and said ridiculous or something. Well, anyway. Woke, woke. Well, yes, yes. I, I, say, I say woke's gone mad on it. Because uh, if you actually look at it, it the comment was, uh, thank you for your patience and understanding, but like most women, Eunice changes her mind what she's doing. You can tell, obviously, the grammatical mistake was awful there because yeah. she's had no apostrophe. Uh, that's what really did make me annoyed at the post. That's what made me annoyed at the post. But Jeff Mongoose said, Hey, do I fancy less, spending less time being sexist on Facebook and perhaps more time working on pr- on the prom? I thought this was something else. Or maybe fixing some potholes. Um, I, I just don't... I, I, 
there's there's many people on social media, women included. Actually, the majority of people posting were middle-aged women, actually, <laughs> not called Karen, uh, who who said they were quite, they quite like the humour. Uh, obviously, it hit, it hit Daily Mail headlines, which is something quite rare for the island. But it only seems DUI hits the Daily Mail headlines as we got the the last thing from the island. I think was uh, the Roundel hit the DUI um, headlines. Yeah, it hit a lot of international yeah. news. Um, but yeah. We'll we'll just touch on on one more very quickly before we move on. Um, Oliver's I, I doesn't like the work for you. Um, <laughs> economic recovery firmly uh, firmly resting on the shoulders of businesses. Uh, you know there is a time when government are going to have to pull the plug on their support to businesses. It can't carry on. Um, I, they've had a huge amount of support really over the past two years. Mm. Um, I mean not 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 a, a great deal, but quite a considerable amount. Uh, I know that the businesses have lost a lot of money, um, but we do have to move on at some point. Um, so yeah, it, it, it is. It is. It must be scary as a business owner, as an entrepreneur, to think, right? You know, I have got to get on with it now. Kind but of how thing. would they survive pre-COVID? We don't have lockdowns now. We're yeah. going on the outbound of COVID. How would they? They, they have it's to their learn. Job. They, they, as a business, they are supposed to make money themselves. They're not supposed to be propped up by governments yes. to make money. That's that's not their yeah, job. Yeah, yeah. Considering we have zero corporation tax as well, they're not. They, they're not supposed to be cr- propped up by government. The government doesn't earn anything really. From, In the budget, yeah. I don't know if you were hit, listening. Oh, to they the, did they the budget oh. thing that they unveiled mm. where they said is the ten zero rule outdated? Yes, this, this kind of. I don't thing. believe it is because it provides a lot. I, I think it's a lo- it provides a large. It almost gives us a hub for entrepreneurialism. If we uh, oh. p- apparently I've got an alarm. It's Archie's going. bedtime, everyone. <laughs> yeah, so I'm off. I'm off. I'm off now. <laughs> Too much politics for today. <laughs> yes, no, but I, I think almost if we play it right, and if the Department of Enterprise did its job right, we'd be a hub. Not that it's not doing its job right. I'm not commenting on that. Shade. It would be a hub for entrepreneurialism because we have that unique ability where we we're not charging these corporations tax we're not hampering their profits and anything they earn in the initial stage we almost when we even have an entrepreneurial grant it makes us i think very very attractive for businesses 100 percent, 100 it does um question is which, what kind of industries are the government now looking at attracting to the island um and then in terms of small business support as well yeah it's not th- their job is to make money and to not be propped up by the government but it, ultimately these government regulations small businesses entrepreneurialism innovation is such a big part of kind mm. of long run um of the macro economy's growth that um to kind of expect them to stay afloat is is a very big ask again the question is when do you draw the line of kind of st- cutting that support off but then is i guess the same question of when do we draw the line of covid restrictions when do we kind of well, move past going. this pandemic well, well, they're, well they're going on such first going, yeah, yeah. Well. Uh, but but with with you say where should we draw the line i think we should all, already draw drawn the line because the key, the, key, the key point is if let's say i you work for two years and i keep uh, someone works for two years and you keep let's say it's uh, pamela i'm creating names here i create wonderful names pamela here uh is susan and bob earlier but pamela here and government, someone subsidises her £1,000 each month because they're saying, I don't know how much, it might not be relative, but to subsidise her £1,000 each month. She then learns to rely on that £1,000 and she does her budgeting as if she had £1,000. Once you take that £1,000 away, she's not going to like you taking £1,000 away. She'll struggle for probably the next month because she's not used, she has to adjust her budget. The sooner you do that rather than later, the better the company will be because they're not having that long-term dependency. 
only. So even if you look at it, it's almost like an addiction to this government yeah, that, subsidy. I think it's, big it's, it's, it's dangerous. Increase in productivity and we stuff, can see yeah, but... that company may, if it will fail, it will fail, and if it survives, it survives, and that's business. But then apply that to apply that to us. We have had our exams mm-hmm. cancelled, or we've had like kind of supplementary um, yep. information in terms of our exams. I personally wouldn't be a fan of kind of being left to float, saying you're still taking your GCSEs as they were. You're still taking your A-levels. Well, um, it's because we had education adversely affected. We had a year, i.e. last year, or at least you, you had GCSEs, where it was adversely affected by COVID. But the years coming in after us won't have had their education affected to the great same degree at well, all then, yeah, but with then education. That, that's the so question. you should draw the line. Yeah, we're going into an but, education but, debate. But, but, yeah. Once they're not... It's, it's drawing the line. I think we've, we've now... We've come out of the pandemic. We've had a year or so now without the restrictions. I think now's the time definitely to end this end, end this level of support. Or well, we should maybe we if they wanted to maybe be kinder, wean it out, wean them off, uh, almost the support. Yeah, it's opportunity cost, isn't it? It's Boris's mm. favourite line is we've become the biggest economy in the G seven recently. Yes, I wonder why because we cut, we pay a yeah, lot. We well, we have a ridiculous deficit. But bring back you know, Thatcher again. That's opportunity cost. Yes. It's all relative. Bring about Thatcher and the world will be set straight, I think. Anywho, <laughs> um, I... Oh, we do. We have, we have, we have international news. This, this yes, week. yes, okay, yes. yeah, yeah. We have the uh, interesting... What, I wonder what's happening in Eastern Europe. Mm, Russia and Ukraine. Yeah, well, there's yes. a lot of tension there. <laughs> what's, the our, what's our bets? What's um, our bets? We might get hacked by the Russians for saying this, but what's, w- what's our bets? I personally will, again, be taking a stance of diplomacy here and um, not be hedging any bets on the situation. Um, I'm just kind Well, of... uh, I'm going to be a little bit more more than that. I think Putin's uh, ooh, he's looking a bit risky doing the, the wrong moment. Thing. He's doing the wrong thing, definitely. But, um, you know, not that I feel like it's the right thing at all. I completely mm. uh, think it's, uh, you know, not acceptable. Uh, but well, he's recognised like the he is... breakaway regions of Ukraine. Yeah, he looks mm. like he's going to be... Uh, I think he's just myth yeah. that he didn't manage to get his hands on the Mist. Western leader's DNA. Because uh, all of them, when they meet, met with him, he said he wouldn't meet with them uh, in distance if they hadn't taken the Russian PCR test. And they didn't want to take the Russian PCR test because they didn't want their DNA being to the Russians. Yeah. So they basically sat at a really long table with them. I think Putin was just a bit miffed he couldn't develop miffed. some secret secret weapon. for it's an eloquent it. and articulate yes. verb there. I, I do like miffed. It's, yeah, it's a rather good word. Uh, but... Yeah, so there we go. I, I, I think it's, it's, it's dangerous. I think it's uh, interesting what's going to happen, and hopefully nothing does happen. But Boris, there's been, been talk that he won't... He, he argues he shouldn't resign in a national crisis, but I think there's actually there's been precedent in the past for leaders resigning in national crisis to make better way for a better leader. We saw Neville Chamberlain be forced out uh, before World War II, and we saw Churchill, uh, excellent as he was, rise to that post. And we've seen many crises. Even we, had, we saw... I think before the economic crisis hit the UK, we well, Thatcher was forced out. We, we see all of these different things where Prime Ministers can leave in the middle of crisis. There's nothing wrong with that. If they're not dealing with it well, and Boris, I think it's time to go. So that's, again, something I think interesting. the only do, way do, he'll go is a vote of no confidence. I don't think he'll... No, he won't resign. He's far no, too... Um, pompous. Pompous, yeah. Well, nice even, even though, if you think about it, uh, if he was pompous, he would resign out of a matter of principle because he'd be a principled man. And he'd be very much, this is the right thing to do and I'm yeah, doing the right true, thing. for the yeah. But he's just a bit of a, yes, politician. It opens up the whole, the whole other 
constitution crisis well, oh, constitutional yeah. crisis I mean, debate we could probably, doesn't it we could probably have a uh, one week we'll probably do a a boris week uh we've done enough boris weeks <laughs> well, i think we have we have <laughs> so I know, far, boris, we've done yeah. a lot of boris weeks yeah. Yeah. You, never, anyway, you never know you might um, not get the opportunity to do another one in the future yeah oh we can how, yes how things go We'll just be talking about the vegan sausage rolls yes, and the beautiful yeah. blue new passports. What is this? Yeah. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. The, the point of the week. Did you like? Yeah, here the vegan sausage rolls. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And the vegan cake with which, Nick Ferrari. Yes. Uh, Nick. But yes. Does a vegan cake work? Pardon? Yeah, it, I don't I know. I, I have had a vegan in my experience, it's cake. not worked. Yeah, they sell them at my work. Yeah. Jaffa cake. Definitely. Well, no, I, I've not going. Uh, uh, are they cake? Oh, that's different. We, I think issue. we've had this before. On the but podcast. anyway, we should, we should move on to our final segment of the week, where we get Mika to talk about topic. For one minute. For one, one minute waffle. Was uh, it? Was about? Oh, what was it about now? What was uh, it? About? It was about uh, price of coffee. Price of coffee. Price of coffee. There. Oh, oh off, I'm not sure if off I'm, we go. I'm really up to standard here, guys. Oh, go for pressure. it. I've talked waffle on there before. You'll be better than Oliver. <laughs> is it like a discussion, or is no, it no, like one? We can discuss it after. Yeah. Go. Go, go ahead. Okay, so today I'll be discussing the prices of coffee on my one-minute waffle, which I'm assuming that I'm being timed on, yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so um, personally, I think that this ties really well into our kind of minimum wage debate that we've just had, and I'd just like to articulate that prices of coffee 100% are rising, and the real debate, the real economic debate is, are they inferior goods or not? In terms of... Inferior to tea. Well, that's not the type of inferior wow, good I was talking about. But um, do they do they go up as income goes up, or do they, or does the demand for them go down as income goes up? Is the real question. So, um, because obviously inflation has gone up because the CPI, all of this recent pandemic issues got, gone on, the price of coffee has obviously increased by like a, a fair amount. Um, does it affect the kind of the lower earning? bracket more so than it does the higher earning bracket is it now bit potentially is demand is the demand curve shifting inwards because there are substitutes i.e supermarket um supermarket brand coffee instant coffee the real question is do, do you kind of do you go for that um that increase in the price for your your handcrafted coffee from these maybe large corporations from these small businesses or do you settle for your supermarket brand coffee or some people may even prefer and some people may even think that the quality of the supermarket brand is better perfect well bang on time yeah. as well yeah. Excellent. but but with re- do, do you remember as christy alsop says if you stop buying your coffee and stop buying your netflix subscription, you can afford a house mm. well personally i'm not a great coffee fan at all i like coffee cake i like sort of coffee you're on the wrong really? program coffee. no i'm yeah, not a fan I, of uh, i'm I like not a fan of even stuff. the flavor I like, you don't like coffee I like, either i, like I like the flavorings no. and stuff but i don't it's quite like ironic we got you arguing in uh, favor of coffee no it's, it's uh, a bit yeah. ironic considering i work yeah, at a coffee no, shop yeah tea cafe. tea is better on yeah. the whole i like tea um, yeah herbal teas as well i don't know i'm not really earl gray tea earl gray of course Kind of this podcast supports tea. <laughs> yes, it certainly does. Yorkshire yes, tea yeah. all the way. I love my Yorkshire tea. Impartial to a hot chocolate myself. Very yeah. common. Nice little hot chocolate. Anyway, yes, that concludes our wonderful episode. Thank you very much for coming on. Yes. Thanks for Hope you've me. enjoyed it. If not, well, you know. <laughs> you've enjoyed it. Because yeah, that, that's, that's going to be our final conclusion. Yes, that's, you know, we should all drink some tea. Go drink some tea if you haven't already uh, today. So yes, that concludes our wonderful episode of 
this week's Police Babble with our brilliant guest, Mika Chen. And we'll be back next week without my alarm, hopefully, uh, for a discussion on... I what was it, Oliver, next week? I uh, can't remember. Uh, Paul, I'm not, not, I'm not going to confirm at the moment. But well, we don't know. Something will be on next week. I haven't looked at the spreadsheet yet. So if you do want to come on Police Babble, or do you want to have a topic discussed or anything of the sort, you can contact us at Police Babble or write into us uh, at politibabble at gmail.com if you want to listen to the back episodes of the Police Babble podcast, because obviously you must listen to them 24-7. You can head over to Max radio.com forward slash podcast forward slash politibabble politibabble spelled p-o-l-i-t-i-p-a-b-b-l-e thank you for joining us Mika you've been politibabble thanks for having me cheerio (laughs) there we go